Hey there, it's Amy Pelnall. So the podcast name here, Aging Recklessly, is um, something that I think about and almost laugh about because, you know, I'm, I'm not one to follow the rules. I just like to kind of go forge ahead. And I think I inherited that a lot from my own mom. Her name is Betty. And, um, you know, how things, the, what is it, what's the phrase? Um, the greatest plans laid, not made. Anyway, um, my plan had been to launch this and my website and my camp, Silver Moon, et cetera, et cetera. And last Thursday, a week ago today, no, not even a week. Oh my God, not even a week. Uh, Betty, the ultimate at aging recklessly, my mom, was diagnosed with stage four untreatable ovarian cancer. And um, as of Monday, she's under hospice care. And so I'm not pursuing my um, launch of my businesses right now because I'm taking care of Betty. And she's, uh, <laughs> she's the ultimate of living life graciously, charmingly, faithfully, and recklessly. And I'm shattered and stunned and just still can't fathom that she went in the hospital less than a week ago and has very few more days on this planet with us to love us and to be loved by us. And I wanted to just touch base for the very few people who are out there listening because this is all new. And maybe just touch base with the universe and just say, thank you so much for the life of Betty and for her um, loveliness and her grace. She's one of those type people that is, is extremely faithful and has a great amount of spirit to her. Um... You can call it Christianity to a certain extent, but she really just lived a life of faith. She didn't um, force anyone else to believe the way she believed. She just kept true to her faith. And, And last night, my brother said it well. He said, you know, she's lived, her life has been about service. She worked as an auxiliary, auxiliary, I'm sorry, I'm, my brain is so fogged. Auxiliary... (laughs) at the hospital, Seton Hospital in Austin, for years and years and years as a volunteer, just helping others get through their, helping other families get through their deaths of their parents and their families. She she coached and sat alongside and weeped and took care of other families who had very sick people or surgery or, she just had an amazing ministry about her like that. She worked for the University of Texas Ex-Students Association and was um, invaluable there, providing the same kind of assistance, not necessarily ushering people to their, um, to their end. But at Ex-Students, she, you know, um, again, very diplomatic, very service-oriented, took care of the people who needed help at Ex-Students, and, and that kind of help is very hard to have patience with because... That kind of help is the people who often um, are very demanding and have a lot of input. And she managed to diplomatically handle all of the UT alumni people and their um, wishes. Part of her job there was to be um, 
a part of their traveling Longhorns tour. And as a result, she has traveled a lot. And she took a tour to, um, she's taken many tours, but her last tour that she did was in Greece and it's called Alumni College. And it's where some UT students, uh, former students, (laughs) alumni, gather and they go to a country and they have a little um, college they, they learn and they, it's a it's an educational experience and it's fantastic and and she was there with her group and on the very last night when they do their little quote graduation she had everything a dinner planned and everything ready to go with their diplomas and all their stuff and of course you know they've been traveling together for a while and so they're all very bonded and connected and as they begin to gather for their dinner on um in Greece for their diplomas and their end of you know their party they noticed on the tv there that the twin towers were burning and it, it was 9/11 and so she and all of her american citizens who were there us citizens who were there with her were absolutely devastated and they they could only see it in in on Greek TV and their Greek waiters were helping translate what was going on and they were all scheduled to fly back to the United States on 9-12 and of course if you remember that time um, airspace was closed and so they were stuck in Greece and um, that changed my mom it really did she is the kind of person that was not ever going to uh, give up on her responsibilities and she stayed in Greece until every single one of her travelers that she was with got out safely. She didn't have an obligation to do that, but she did. She stayed there until they all got out safely. They all got home safely. And she stayed there in, in, in Greece for an additional nine days in Athens. And twice during that time, someone came and knocked on her door at two or three in the morning and said, you can get on a flight, you can get on a flight, come on. So she packed up and was ready to go and got there and couldn't get on a flight because, you know, it was just really hard to get back. Finally, she was able to catch a flight and she flew to uh, Germany and switched planes in, I don't know, somewhere. And then finally in New York and then finally back in Dallas and then finally back in Austin. And those nine days changed me. Um, It made me realize that I don't want to be the matriarch of a family. I didn't want to be in charge, you know. I I missed her. And she missed us, and it changed her. It scared her some. She just didn't like being away that long. And the recklessly wasn't as dominant in her life after that. She became a little more fearful. Um, And I would say post-traumatic stress for sure about that. But, um, I mean, it certainly didn't ruin her life, but it did, that was her last tour that she did. And, um, I'm looking now at becoming the matriarch because she's not going to be around much longer. You know, um, on last Friday, we were told it would be just a, a few weeks and already she's very, very weak. And so, um... I just felt compelled to touch base and to talk about this is the other side of aging recklessly, you know. She was in the hospital and really, really hated being in the hospital and just demanded to be released, which we weren't really supportive of, but that's who she is. She's always done things exactly the way she wants to do it, uh, regardless of, sometimes she's her worst enemy, I swear. 
But so she is at her home and her house, or well, where she lives. She lives in an apartment complex of retired people, and it's very nice. And um, unfortunately, it had been very sequestered uh, because of COVID. And so, in addition to having her get sick and be in the hospital, I had not seen her at all since her birthday in May. And I wasn't able to get in the hospital to see her when she was there. I wasn't, we weren't allowed in. And um, <laughs> that's been one of the hardest things is to know that she was sick in the hospital and she was all alone by herself. And I know that the nurses were so kind to her because she was very kind to them. You know, she's just a super friendly person. And they liked her because she was very kind. And when I would call up there, they would always be, oh, we love your mother, we love your mother. And I thought, you know, I love my mother too. I want to come see her. But finally, when we got her to hospice at her own location, we are able to see her now. We're declared essential people to her um, even though they're still under quarantine, we're essential to her because because we're essential to her right now. And, you know, like anyone going through a death process, we're having to do a lot of paperwork and a lot of things that keep us, keep our minds busy and keep my mind busy um, so that I don't have to as often think about my sadness. But very soon she's going to cross over. And I'm going to be an orphan. And I know there's so many people out there whose parents have passed who probably are way more feeling this than I am at the moment. But who knows you better than your parents? I mean, I've been married a long, long time, and my husband, you know, knows me really well. But, you know, my mom raised me, and I'm just sort of speechless about the fact that she's really close to the end and it happened so incredibly fast that it has just made my head spin so one thing I'll add here is if you are a woman or if you love a woman if you have a woman in your life please go have pap smears on a regular basis please take care of that parts of your body and insist that others do because you know you always read ovarian cancer is a silent killer let me tell you it is indeed a silent killer. She didn't become symptomatic until just a few weeks ago, and even that was subtle. You know, she was vomiting a little bit, and, you know, we thought maybe food poisoning. It, it got better. And then, uh, oh, a few weeks later, she vomited a little bit more, and I thought, well, now that's unusual, but still, you know, and, of course, I couldn't see her, and so I didn't know if it was really bad, and she's definitely one to play things down. But she sounded fine, and she was doing some activities still, as much as allowable um, up there, <laughs> seeing other people. And um, and then, just very, very rapidly, um, her stomach got really, really bloated. And um, just believe me when I say to you, it is a silent killer, that's for sure. And so, maybe for right now, my podcast will be short, sweet, and sorrowful. And um, that's just where I am right now. I feel certain that there are a lot of other people that have been where I am. And yet, I also feel real alone in my grief. And I am so incredibly thankful that I got to see her on Monday and yesterday. And I'll see her again tonight. And I'll be able to see her at this point every day. 
because of people being kind and letting us get in to see her. Not seeing your parent when they're dying has got to be one of the worst things in the entire world. It's just so, it was so, so, so hard. But I'm so thankful to get to spend time with her now. So, I think I might be done for today. Um, I just wanted to check in and just wanted to let people know that I didn't just start a business with one quick little swipe and then walk away. But things have a way of having their own agenda and their own time frame. And I believe that. I know that. And um, this, this too is a part of my business right now. And and my business is taking care of my mom's business. And my business is creating circles of friendship and support for women. And I can assure you, I really need that right now. And I know there's others just like me. And so um, let's hold each other up. Let's cling to the big web. And let's just keep each other's spirits lifted and supported. And um, maybe this becomes a grief group. I don't know. There's a lot of grief out in the world right now. And maybe that's what's behind this for me to somewhat shift my purpose. I don't know. I don't know the answers. I hardly know the questions right now. But I'm going to stay in touch. And um, I do plan on doing this for real. And having having my camp, Silver Moon, having women come together both virtually, um, online with some activities, and and then eventually in person for some retreats. I just want us to all be connected and all reach out together and grow compassion on this planet and grow um, cures for the hardships that we all have and um, create our heart spark and our love energy that just manifests and goes out, out, out. I know my mom was really, really good at that. And I certainly feel like I could honor her by doing my version of it and inviting all of the women in the world to uh, do that as well. (sighs) So, I love you all. And I'll be in touch. And I certainly do welcome any prayers, (laughs) any happy thoughts. And I welcome your love and support. Take good care of yourselves. Love, Amy. (laughs) Bye-bye.